Warning, this broadcast of Ohio is on fire features entertainment and honesty of an intense nature. The opinions and views that are expressed on this episode do not reflect the views of WWSU 106.9 FM or any of its affiliates. Do you have any matches? Try setting it on fire. <laughs> fire, 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 fire. Radio is awesome, and you're awesome. Everyone is awesome because this is the show where Ohio froze down. Ohio is on fire. Now I am the host, Daniel Diesel. We're here live in Dayton, Ohio, here on this great radio station, here on the campus of Wright State University. This is Ohio is on fire, and um, tonight we're going to dedicate this show to college radio. With that, um, there's a, a list. Um, that talks about college radio DJs. There's several lists out there. Um, like uh, the first one that came that, that I knew about came out around 2011, and then there's been a bunch made that since then. It's signs that you were a college radio DJ. There was a brand new one that came out. The the latest one came out that I'm aware of came out on July 4 of 2017. Um, it was on BuzzFeed.com. Of course, this was released by Hillary Mitchell. Um, this article is called 24 Secrets Radio DJs Will Never Ever Tell You. And I thought this would be a good article to talk about live on the air because people at home don't know what it's like to be a radio DJ. And I think it's time that you knew a little, learn some of our secrets. And looking at this list, some of these entries are accurate, some of it's not very accurate. I think for the most part it's an opinion by Hillary Mitchell. I think she herself was a college radio DJ. I don't know that. I'll have to track her down and find out. But let's start with the list. This is um, on BuzzFeed. 24 Secrets Radio DJs Will Never Ever Tell You. Number one, there's a lot more to our job than just pressing play. Here's what the article says. A typical studio has a huge array of complex audio and sound equipment, computers, and various other forms of radio automation to help us do our jobs. And of course, you have to be great at thinking on your feet because it leads to the next one. But um, I do agree with number one, yes, you don't just press play and listen to the music. There's a lot that I do in between songs, so that is a real statement. I vouch for that. So this is one for one so far. Number two, things go wrong with, with live radio all the time. Now there's a little lady in her pink shirt, she's broadcasting for KISS FM. She falls over her seat and she, she gets dumped on her head. Look at, oh, she's yelling, she yells live on the air. But she gets back up and starts talking like nothing ever happened. Um, but here's what it says about this entry. It's a minefield. Even when we're not dealing with technical difficulties, it's easy to screw up by saying the wrong thing and losing our train of thought, or we end up scrambling to fill spaces left by cute songs failing to play. It's very stressful. So I agree with that. That's 
so I checked that one off the list. Number three, and our radio software often drives us mad. Um, it says various radio programs are good when they work as they help control our shows, cue up songs, and help us manage time. But everyone who's used a computer knows just how they love to crash or install four, 493 updates at precisely the wrong time, like when you're live on air interviewing Lady Gaga. So that's, um, I don't know if that's personal experience on her part, but, um, I've never had a problem with our software. We use DJ controls, and before that, we used um, Radio DJ. Um, I've never had a problem with the on-air usage of these programmings. I've always had a problem with automation. Like, the one that we had years before, Radio DJ, I think that was what it was called. There was one I really, I didn't like its automation system. Because it would literally play, like, say, a soft jazz song. Then the very next track, it would play heavy metal. Like, that's not a good mixture. You don't mix those two together. I, now, perhaps, it's maybe we get an excuse because we're college radio. But, not ah No, we're trained to be the best. And you can't mix soft jazz with heavy metal. That's not going to happen. So, anywho, but I'll, I'll check that one off because I think some people have complained. Some people at the station have complained about our um, DJ controls. So... I guess it's to each his own, I guess. But anyway, there's that. Number four, there are specific extra-long songs called Toilet Tracks when we have to go to the bathroom. And I can vouch for this. This has only ever happened to me once. Um, that was years ago, but yes, I did have to go to the bathroom. I had to think of the longest song I could think of. Um, the one I could think of was Meatloaf's um, that song, Par yes, Paradise, by, by the Dashboard Light. That song is almost seven minutes. I put that on, and I ran to the bathroom as quick as I could. Like, I was, I was, I was running in the Olympics or something. So I went to the bathroom. I wrapped up in time because I knew I was familiar with that song by heart, and I got done. And I ran back in. I got done. It was perfect timing. I got done. It was about 30 seconds left. So I know the feeling. I checked that one off the list. And some other, for other DJs that have this problem, I have some... Um, Recommendations for you. You can play I Am the Resurrection at 8 minutes and 13 seconds or the song Fool's Gold at 9 minutes and 53 seconds. Of course, um, this is all from Leonard Skinner, I believe. Oh, wait, I'm sorry, Stone Roses. Stone Roses does those songs. You can also play Freebird by Leonard Skinner. That song is over 9.5 minutes long. So definitely play those if you, ever have, if you ever go to the potty while you're on the air. Number five, Dead Air is our worst nightmare. I agree with that. I checked that off the list. Because Dead Air equals bad radio. All right, number six, we're all accidentally sworn on the air at some point. Not me. I have never said a bad word in my life on this live radio, and I'm proud of that. Now, in the past, there have songs that I thought were edited, but were not edited. They did creep over the air, but we do have this dump button. Um... I, did, well, I had that one famous problem that was like seven years ago. That was a song that I played. It wasn't edited. And I dumped it as soon as I could, but some dirty words had made the air. And that's happened to a few DJs. This one I also disagree with. Our mics get seriously gross. Now, there's a picture. I don't, I, good thing you guys can't see this. It's a dirty microphone. There's like pink stuff. Mixture of like... um. Food, food and paint, rusted pink stuff all over this microphone. It is gross. They'd be getting up off their chair and letting one rip right into the microphone. 
that that'd just be gross. I couldn't imagine talking on his mic after someone let one rip. I just, yeah, that's not cool. Yeah, that's right. People that's out in the hallway, they are listening to me tell these stories. Yeah, never let one rip in front of a microphone. So, any of you, that's not a problem for this station. So, five out of seven. I'm grading these as we go along. We're really sick of the old face for a radio joke. I'm sick of it, too. So, that's six for eight. That checks off. Number nine, keeping the time is important and tricky. Um, yeah, it can be. Like, if you're, I, it's a problem for those that are new. Like, if you've never hosted a radio show before, I can see you being confused on what numbers to, um, go by. Like, oh, what, do, what does this mean? What, what time does this song get done? What, when do I have to take a commercial? I can see it being a problem with rookies. And it, that was probably a problem with me when I got started. Like, oh, I need to press this. You know, it's new. You got, you got to develop your muscle memory. So that's been a problem for me. That checks off. Now, number 10, we don't always like our playlist. I agree with that. You either like it or you don't like it. And sometimes automation plays something that we didn't choose and we have to deal with it. So that checks off. So, so for that, right now we're 8 for 10. Number 11, so please stop giving us your EPs. Now, this radio station, um, unless it involves extremist speech, like, if it, like say, the local chapter of um, the Nazis bringing a CD that they recorded at their own studio. We will not accept that. But we want something that's fair and balanced, something that doesn't offend. Because that's important. Respect is important in our music. So other than that, yes, um, we will take your music. So that checks off, 9 out of 11. Number 12, we won't give you a shout-out either. Which, that's not true. If I think you've earned it, and you're a cool person, I will shout you out. But if you are a jerkhead, if you're being a troll, no, you won't get shouted out. So there's that. That checks off. Number 13, Christmas music is the absolute worst. I disagree with that. I love Christmas music. Uh, but here at WWSU, when it's Christmas time, we play indie Christmas tracks. We either play the mainstream pop ones that don't get played on the other stations because they constantly play stuff from the 60s, 70s, and 80s, and 90s. They never play hardly any of the new, new stuff. So that's what the station's good for. We play the newer stuff, and we play a lot of independent Christmas tracks, and they are awesome. So that doesn't check off. Number 14, our on-air personas are often more outgoing and chatty than our real selves, which can confuse people. Um, that could be an opinion. I don't feel like I'm too far different from my real life self than I am. I'm on the air doing my thing. So it's, I, I, I would disagree with that. For me, anyway, so that doesn't check off. Um, number 15, we, we dream in annoying jingles. Yes, that's happened to me before. I've dreamed about being in a music video, and it was one I didn't recognize. So that does check off. We're 12 or 15 for this list. Number 16, we always have sore throats. That's true if you don't do it for a while. Like, when I, got, when I came back in January, my throat was very sore after that first night. I was even coughing towards the end of the show. I haven't had that problem since that first night. So it's something I get used to. you got to build your throat up. Because in other words, yes, I, do, I would agree your throat will get sore. you got to use tea with honey or, drink, or gargle warm water. So that way your throat will feel relaxed. Because you got to drink something that's relaxing. Because then it will relax your throat. So that's my advice to you guys, any broadcasters out there. Um, number 17... And there's literally nothing worse than having a cough, cold, or even hiccups on the air. Yes, that's happened to me. And I hate it when it happens. 
That checks off. So we're 14 out of 17. Number 18, we inhabit a sort of famous but not famous limbo. Um, now there's one example. In a zap of Star 99.9 .9 will be a celebrity judge as she broadcasts live from 2016 CT Chiefs Challenge. Yelling, dancing, trying new restaurants are a few of her favorite things. Even though we may not know, we, we may not know what they look like. And I would agree because if... Um, Let's say it's had beast. If he ordered me, if I, if I ordered a pizza and he delivered it to me, I wouldn't know what he looked like. That's an LOL. Ted Beast, I know what he looks like. He's one of my good friends. But I could see that happening. Like, if he, Ted Beast thought he was a big time celebrity and he delivered pizza, no one would go, oh, that's Ted Beast. He's ordering my pizza, delivering my pizza. That would never happen. So, or that would, um, anywho. So, number 19. Up next on this list, we've got celebrity interviews can be a total nightmare. Now, I can't vouch for anyone else, but me personally, I've never had an interviewee that hated being on my show. I've had, it's been mostly positive, and that's a testament to the hard work I put in on, on these shows. Um, so I do very well. So I, I, I say no to me. It's never a nightmare when I do these interviews. So that doesn't check off. So it's 15 up. we got four more left on this list. I'm 15 out of 19 so far. Number 20, ratings are a constant source of stress. Yeah, I agree with that because I want people to listen to the show. So that's um, that checks off. 16 out of 20. Now next, 21, we get some deeply weird callers. I do agree with that. And nothing, there's no caller that I ever thought was weirder and more mysterious than Tom from Fairborn. For any of you that's listened to this show, that's listened to this station for a while, um, he was an old hippie. He loved his radio station. He would call requesting Diamond Dogs by David Bowie. He, would request, he, he wouldn't request the song. He wanted to hear the whole album, nonstop, the whole 60-minute-plus um, of that album. And he would call to talk about his political opinions as well. He called me a few times. We think he might be dead now, so rest in peace if you are dead. But if you are alive, Tom, please call us. I want to hear from you. If you're in the area, I want to know that you're alive. Uh, number 22, not to mention some seriously crazy emails. Yes, I've gotten that sometimes from fans. So that checks off. We got number 23 on this list, but we do feel a, a sense of duty towards our listeners. I do. I agree with that. And then number 24, the last thing on this BuzzFeed list, and their gratitude makes everything worthwhile. Yes, I do feel like everything that I do... Us DJs, we appreciate this job. We appreciate it. So, I agree with that. So, this list, I give this a 20 out of 24.
He is our guest for the evening. Um, he is the one and only Michael Jesse. He is a student from UM, UMBC. Um, I'll try not to let it be a tongue twister, but um, he filmed some history last week. So anyway, welcome to the show, sir. Hey, thanks for having me. Sorry for uh, interrupting your commercial break. I hope your sponsors don't get too mad. Oh, they, they don't care. It's fine. They're just happy that we played it. I don't think they care if Jay-Z calls in and starts rapping over the commercials. I think they, they would be thrilled. So, but, <laughs> Can we just put some bars? Yeah, there you go. Well, if you're able to, sure. <laughs> um, but, Hi. I'm here on the radio with Daniel Diesel. Uh, I, I'm sitting in the car, and I feel like a weasel. <laughs> That's hey, that's good, yay! <laughs> All right, that was good stuff, man. But welcome to the show. Now, um, I want to talk to you for a little bit about um, well, you and of course history that was made last week in the college basketball world. But for those at home that don't know what UNBC is, what it stands for, where it's at, tell us what UNBC is all about. Yeah, so uh, UNBC is you know I could go on the boring stuff, you know, blah blah blah, public research university, blah blah blah. Uh, really what it is is just kind of a, a small public school uh, university in Maryland. Uh, it's really where the nerds go. Okay. So, like, there's UMD College Park. They've got the basketball team, the soccer team, football team, all that. Yeah. Uh, UMBC, we're a little bit different. We got, you know, our chess club. Uh, the pre President Herbowski said it himself. He said, uh, at UMBC, the party's in the library. All right. That's where we do our partying, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're just, you know, like 10 minutes from Baltimore City. Uh, and yeah, great place to be, you know. should apply there if you're in high school or something. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, what you personally, what do you like about the college? What do I like about it? Um, I just love, I love the size, you know. It's got about, it's like kind of similar to WSU, Wright State, actually. Yeah. Uh, it's about, I think, 11,000 undergrads. So... It's uh, it's big enough so that there's always new people to meet, small enough so that you'll bump into people that you already know, you know? Yeah, I agree. I would agree with that statement. Yeah, it's kind of like it's a small world after all. Once you meet that person, you can't get away from that person. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so um, I want to know, well, I do have this, like there's a men's basketball team. Is there, is there also a women's basketball team do you know of? Yeah, there is. I'm actually uh friends with one of the with one of the uh, women on the basketball team she's a uh, an immigrant from Italy okay and she was on my dorm floor last year so all right that was, kind of, that was kind of cool I haven't been to any of their games yet but you know <laughs> I'm definitely gonna go this season <laughs> absolutely now um do you regularly follow the men's team no actually uh, the game versus Kansas that was the first game I ever watched of college basketball in my whole life Oh, that's very fascinating. I okay, that's very interesting. Um, well, then I should ask you this: um, since you don't really watch college basketball that much, um, how did you know that UMBC was about to beat Virginia, and how did you know that it was a big deal? Yeah. So, well, the first big deal was that we qualified for the tournament at all. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, our superstar Jarris Lyles, uh, you know, hit a three at a, at the buzzer beater. Uh, against the University of Vermont to qualify for the tournament in the first place. Yeah, that that was amazing. That that wasn't national news, but you know, in the D.C. and Maryland area, everyone kind of knew about that. It was you know big news there. Yeah. So what happened was you know, I don't have a TV, so I was just kind of 
uh, Googling the scores, kind of keeping track online. So, oh, cool, it's tied at halftime. You know, this is might be interesting. And then I was checking in. I'm like, holy smokes, <laughs> we are running away with this. Like, it was not even close. We were just absolutely demolishing them for the whole second half. Yeah. And I was like, I've got to see this with my own eyes. So I live a little bit off campus. I get in my car, rush to campus, rush like heck, uh, and I'm trying to look for a TV. I'm just, you know, I'm uh, running around the campus looking for a TV in, in, in this dorm. They're like, oh, sorry, you can't be here because there's, there's a TV in there, but you're not allowed to watch it. Sorry, man. Oh. So I'm running around trying to see if I got a friend who's got a TV. And then all of a sudden, that's when it happened. I hear just streaming everywhere. People start, you know, running around, taking their shirts off, <laughs> from their balconies. I whip out my, my phone. I'm like, uh, there's no media anywhere. I got to get this on camera. Some, the world's got to see this. So there we go. Wow, that's very fascinating. Now you said about um, now I know here at Wright State we have something called the Student Union where we have TV lounges. Now does UMBC do they have their own Student Union? Uh, there's yeah, there's the Commons, which is kind of like a Student Union. Okay, that's um, what's called the Common. Okay. Yeah, but and they they played the Kansas game from there, but. Everything on campus was actually closed because uh, even even the dorms oh. because uh, Friday night was or I'm sorry Friday was the first day of spring break. Okay. So you know. Oh, people, that okay. the people who I filmed were they were like the twenty people who were left on campus after <laughs> after spring break let out. Oh man, that's awesome! Well, I had no idea. Yeah, our spring here Wright State our spring break was like early March. So yeah, I didn't know that you guys were having your. Spring break. That would explain why campus was closed. Because I thought it'd be weird that the student union would be closed, but now I know why. Because it was a vacation, so they had to. But um, now I want to ask you, what went into the idea of you filming the reaction after the game? After, like, you kind of told me the first part of the story that you was looking around for a TV, and then you went, um, you ventured into campus. So what? What? I, how did you get the idea that you should film all this? Yeah. So I was kind of surprised actually, that, you know, since UMBC was running away with the game, I was surprised that, you know, the local news stations didn't, you know, send some guys with cameras over uh, to the campus as soon as it started happening. But, you know, I just thought to myself, you know, hey, you know, <laughs> some people might want to see this. So as soon as I heard the screaming, I uh, got my phone out, started filming. I filmed in portraits. Sorry, guys. Sorry to all you, you know, whatever pricks who... <laughs> Uh, care about whether it's in portrait or landscape. There's some guy in a comment in the video, he's like, hey, uh, this guy should be filming in landscape. And I'm like, man, why you got to complain about that? Anyway. Yeah, spur of the moment, you couldn't help yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, but that's either, uh, sorry, that's neither here nor there. So I was just, you know, and then, you know, I filmed for a few minutes until, you know, my phone ran out of memory because I always forget to delete my old photos and stuff. Uh, and I'm like, what in the world? There's nobody else filming here. I got to get this on YouTube right now. So I get in my car, rush home. I, you know, run through all the yellow lights, not the red lights, the yellow lights. Oh, that's good, good. Oh, safety first, always, of course. Um, you can't post anything if you're dead. But I get to my computer taking like 30 minutes to upload, driving me crazy. And I'm getting all these invitations uh, in the meantime, like, 
hey, party at my place. This is this is crazy, you know. Uh, come to this apartment. Come to this dorm. We're having a party. We're having a little get together, a victory party. And I'm just sitting there by my computer. I'm like, oh my god, upload, 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 please. I want to go out and you know have some fun. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And it, as soon as it was done uploading, I quickly checked in the, on the stats. It got like, I think. 15 views in five seconds. So that's when I knew the video was kind of going to blow up. Yeah. But that's, I'm happy for you because you, what I liked about the video is that like a lot of these videos, there have been a few that came out since yours came out, but they were, they were either edited or there was music that played over them. Like it's all these videos are produced. What I really liked about your video was that it was a real life moment caught in time and not altered at all. Like it was the first, it was your view of the world of this history-making moment happening. And um, now, for those of you that haven't seen the video, I can't play any of it on here because there is some swearing. These are college students, after all. So there's some unfiltered edit, unfiltered cussing in this video because they were so happy. Um, that's, it was just, it was real. Like, there was nothing, nothing that was altered. It was just, and that, it just made, it made me happy to watch it because I've never seen, it's not often I see a bunch of people so joyous and happy at once. Like, it, it's just something you don't see every day. It was amazing. It was amazing to watch that. Yeah, and uh, the other thing about it, some guy said in the comment, he said, um, you know, the best part about this video is that uh, you can tell that they weren't prepared for a celebration at all. Yeah. Like, you could tell that these guys, we, we hadn't even qualified for the NCAA basketball tournament in... I think like 12 years or something like that. Yeah, wow. So this was absolutely nobody was ready for this. And, you know, that's kind of what made it special is that, you know, uh, people were just absolutely shocked and chagrined. People just, uh, they, they didn't even know what to do. Yeah. that It looked like that. It looked like a, a state of wonderment. I'm trying to describe it because, yeah, that because there were like people running around. Actually, I'm gonna go ahead and describe the video since I can't play it. But here were the highlights to me. I know early on there was like um, a kid. He was like victory lap, and he was like running, and it was he was behind two other students. They were running full speed. Like I, you probably couldn't get these guys to run a lap in gym class. But that night they were they were full. It was like the Olympics. They were just at it, and that. So I enjoyed that part, and I also enjoyed. There was another um, scene I enjoyed. It was. Um, those two young African American men that came out of that dorm room, they were like, "Let's go!" And they were like, "Storming!" I enjoyed that. They 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 bolted too. Like they were just you, you got good, you got you got an up close look at those two men. They looked so happy and shocked. Like, oh, what's going on here? They just they they couldn't do nothing else but run, run to where and wherever they go. Um, who knows? But they'll get they'll figure out when they get there. <laughs> it's not, it was that type of moment. Yeah, for sure. I, I hope uh, I didn't get their faces too closely because you know, I didn't exactly ask their permission <laughs> before posting. So, well, I think it's okay. They would have complained by now because this video is viral. Yeah. So I think you're okay. It was a it was a real moment. But I want to ask that you know anyone personally that appeared in that video? Um, in that video, yeah, I, I knew a few of the people who were on their balconies. Okay. Um, and they were look. Some of them, I don't know if you can see, they were kind of looking at me like. Boy, what are you doing? Put your phone away and join join the party. Oh, okay. But <laughs> yeah, actually, you know what's kind of cool to think about? 
I hope uh, at least one of the guys on the basketball team was able to see that video. I think they probably have. I imagine after the um, this weekend, I imagine they, they probably watched back all the news articles on them winning the game. They probably, I do imagine they've probably seen your video by now. I don't know who. Um, and I imagine you guys don't like you, you don't have like a close friendship with any of them, so I imagine they wouldn't know to reach out to you. But I, I would reckon that they've seen it and they enjoyed it. It's there's nothing to, there's really nothing to hate on this video. It's it's because this is um, this is history in the making. Which I now want to ask you this question: in um, mm -hmm. whether it's your life or in sports in general, where does this rank in most among the most surprising moments in your life that you've witnessed? Oh, man, it's up there. Okay. It's really up there. We're just going to talk about, you know, pleasant surprises. Yes, that. I, I, think, I think this just might be it, honestly. All right. Yeah, I mean, it, hey, you know what? You know what's the number one, Dan? Uh, getting that message from you. Okay. That meant a lot to me. Well, that, was, that was a great moment in my life. Thanks for, thanks for that. Oh, man, well, that touches me. Thank you, because I had no idea. Because <laughs> I never know if these interviews are possible. You just have to be in the right place at the right time, and I was. I was able to, I was smart enough to look up these videos and to see that, so I'm glad that you really appreciated that. Um, and in the sports world, um, since I don't know if you watch that much sports, but they say that um, this is the third in all of the history of American sports. This is the third biggest upset in the history of American sports behind Mike Tyson knocking out Buster Douglas. And then the other one was, um, well, crap, I forget what the other one was. Oh, the Miracle on Ice. It was when America, yeah, yeah. yeah, they defeated Russia at the Olympics, and that was when they had a bunch of rookies playing for them. They still won. So, yeah, this is, yeah, yeah this is just, yeah, this is quite an upset. Um, I, uh, I wasn't alive back then, but yeah. I heard I heard quite a bit from the other side of that. My, my dad is from the USSR, so... Okay. Yeah, he, uh, he told me all about watching that game. That was like the worst. <laughs> and I, I bet you know that's how uh, Virginia fans felt last Friday. Man, that's fascinating. Yeah, your father was so. Is all your family from the USSR? Uh, not all of them. Just that. Just him. Just him. Okay. Well, that's really mm -hmm. cool. That's really cool to learn. All right. Um, well, yeah, I think we covered um, the basketball portion of this. I want to talk to you about your music because, among along with from finding your video on the Re campus reaction, I saw that you do make you do make music, and that's really cool. So, I wonder how long have you studied music? Uh, studied? I don't know. What do you mean by studied? Right, well, I guess not study. I guess I'll rephrase that. How, how long have you played music? How long, it, how long has music been in your life? Oh, I think since I came from the womb, probably even before that. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you know, my my dad tells me that I used to, you know, sing songs when I was a baby before I could talk. Wow. Leave him, of course, but uh, <laughs> yeah, music music is, you know, the only thing I'm good at. So <laughs> I've always kind of stuck with it. It's it's my absolute favorite thing in the world. Uh, that's awesome. No, I want to know. Um... How much, I noticed the music videos that you make, it looks like you put a lot of work into those. Like, I know one video you had, you were playing four different instruments, and they were like four different split screens. And then something like that, and others, you kind of had like split screen action going on as well. So, I just want to know, how much work goes into editing one of your music videos? Hmm, good amount. I'd say, yeah, I mean, I spend a good amount on my channel, which is a good amount of time. Uh... I don't spend any money on it. Okay. I use I use a Windows Movie Maker. I use Audacity to record music. Uh, you know anybody who's into film or into a 
recording music, they'll, you know, they'll laugh at me when they hear I use Audacity and Movie Maker, but whatever, you know, I'm not trying to make, you know, a Pulitzer Prize winning. I'm just, I'm just trying to, you know, do what I love to do, uh, you know, put myself out there and, and uh, get some views. Yeah. So the, to answer your question, I'd say recording the music uh, always takes a ton of time because I can't, you know, I can't accept anything but the best I can do. Yes. So that, that takes, you know, days at a time. Filming is quick. Filming takes, I just film with my iPhone. Uh, it takes about, I don't know, never more than a couple of hours. Okay. All right, it's good to learn about that. Now, now with your music, I know you release stuff with your music videos right now. Are you are you are you at all interested in either joining a music band or remaining solo, or perhaps trying to make into the major music industry? Do you have any goals in that area? Oh man, the music industry—that would be a dream come true, man. All right, yeah, you sound like, happy. Yeah, that makes you sound happy. All right. <laughs> yeah, you know, I. If I could do one thing, I'd be just, you know, having jam sessions with uh, Charlie Puth and Bruno Mars. Man, uh, awesome. But, but you know, right now I'm kind of a jazz musician. I, uh, I play a lot of jazz. I play restaurants and stuff, you know, yeah. small gigs. Um, well, just to give you a heads up, that's how Charlie Puth started before he started making major recording major label recordings he he played lounges and he kind of did so much of what you're doing he played piano and um jazz like stuff so that's how he got started yeah yeah no i'm a, I'm a big fan of his yeah I mean, my friends are listening though <laughs> cool They're probably laughing right now yeah uh jazz is the best because you know you asked if i want to be solo or in a band uh in the jazz world you kind of get to be both at the same time okay what i mean by that is you know uh, you do a lot of solo stuff. I, everything I do online, almost everything I do for my channel is completely by myself. Yeah. Um, except for my uh, last song, my first original. Um, uh, but you get to be in a lot of different bands. And, you know, every jazz cat, you know, knows all the standards. So you can just kind of hop into a band and already know their tunes, and it's a lot of fun. Yes, absolutely. Well, I'll take your word for it because I definitely don't play myself but i um sounds like you have you enjoy playing music when you do so that's good to know um what type of music do you listen to well you, you mentioned charlie poof is there anyone else that you listen to hmm oh man i wish i came prepared for that <laughs> um you like them all let's put it that let's honestly there's nothing i don't like i love i love pop music i love the beatles i grew up listening to the beatles a lot um, I love classical music, you know, Mozart's my jam, okay. uh, jazz, obviously, Miles Davis, uh, listening to Kind of Blue by Miles Davis, oh, okay. made me cry. Oh, man. The, you know, the only kind of music I'm not really into is, you know, dubstep. Uh, I, I don't know if you guys play that a lot on your, <laughs> on your channel, or, or, you know, like, super, super grungy metal. Okay. You know, some, some metal I can appreciate. Anyway... I want to stick to positive stuff, you know? I try to be a positive person. Yes. I, I, I like everything. There's nothing I don't like. All right. Uh, now, about the dubstep, I personally don't like it either, but I know um, we do have blocks of music. Like, when DJs are on the air, we have, like, an hour for rock, hour for... We do have a dubstep hour. <laughs> so, I mean, it's to each their own. That's fine. 
I was going to say, I, I hope I don't offend anyone. <laughs> no, I don't think you offend anyone. And that, I, don't, I don't think the dubstep, I don't think that airs like one in the morning and everyone's asleep. So that's not going to. So no it's a, no harm, no foul anyway. <laughs> that's something. But um, that's funny. <laughs> Michael, Jess, Michael Jesse, this has been an excellent interview. And you know what I want to do for you? I want to play two of your songs that you have posted on YouTube. So tell me the two songs you want me to play. Oh, thanks so much, man. Um, I guess the first uh, a good a good first one could be the the Chainsmokers one I did. I play a bunch of instruments in that. You owe me. You owe me. Okay, I, okay, I got pulled up. And then what else? And then the other one would be uh, a new song I I just wrote. It's not completely finished, but it's mostly done. Uh, it's I, I just posted it's my latest one. It's called Gravity. Uh, my my instrument is the bass, so you'll hear a lot of bass, bass. especially on the on the You Owe Me okay. Chainsmokers song. Uh, I can play a little trombone and trombone. do a little, little beatbox. I do like, you know? Yes. Uh, acapella stuff. Um, and you can find me online. Uh, just search Michael Jesse, and I think I'm like the, I don't know, like the fourth channel that comes up. Um, you'll see my picture of my stupid face. Uh, yeah, and you're holding, holding a... Holding a <laughs> an upright bass. Yes, upright bass. Yes, I'm looking at it now. It's not a stupid picture. <laughs> you look. You look like you mean business. So there you go. Thanks. Yes. Or you could, or if you're so inclined, I'm not terribly big on Facebook, but you can also find me at facebook.com/slash/michaeljessemusic. Yes. Jesse is spelled J-E-S-S-E. Yes, and I've been there as well. So that's um yes. Yeah, so YouTube and Facebook would be the best place to find all of your music and stuff about your any uh, any works of yours that you wish to upload. So once again, it's www.youtube.com and then do a search for Michael Jesse and he is easy to find and then facebook.com slash Michael Jesse music so that's the place to find him um, and those that are listening yeah this is some good stuff so I will play these two songs and any music executive that's out there sign this guy he's the next big thing you're going places man <laughs> thanks so much Dan you know what if I ever make it big one day I'm I'd love to be back on your show. Is that all right? That's fine. Well, I, well, I hope to make it big myself as well. I hope to venture past college radio someday. So I will, I will keep you in mind. <laughs> Thanks so much. <laughs> all right. Well, Je well, Michael Jesse, I'm gonna let you go. You have a good night, sir. You as well. Have a good one. Right, you too.
It's now time for everyone's favorite segment. It is now time for O M V P. And that stands for Ohio's most valuable pedestrian. Ooh ah. And there's um this award goes to um someone from the state of Ohio or a group of people from the state of Ohio that did something very interesting in a positive way. Um, so that's what this award is about. Um, and there's always a backstory that goes with this MVP. So this article comes from WYTV.com. Um, this article is called Local YSU Radio Host Invited to Stiller Awards Red Carpet. The Stiller Awards is one of the country's biggest gospel awards ceremony. So let's take a look at this article. I got an up close look at this article. Um, Youngst this is out of Youngstown, Ohio, by the way. Chris Gunther, a former radio host for Rookery, Rookery Radio, will be attending the red carpet for 2018 Stellar Awards. Um, the Stellar Awards is one of the country's biggest gospel award ceremonies. This year will take place in Las Vegas on Saturday, March 24. Um, Gunther graduated from Youngstown State University with a bachelor's degree in telecommunications back in December. While attending YSU, he hosted the Chris Gunther Show on Rookery Radio. So yes, Youngstown State has their own radio station, and he was the host on it, so that's pretty cool. He said he went online to apply for credentials, but didn't think he would get picked. Then got an email saying he was invited to cover the event. Gunther said he was known for bringing gospel artists onto his show. He had interviewed a number of gospel music artists, including Jeffrey Golden, Kirk Franklin, Mary Mary, Frank Hammond, and Israel Huffton. And um, yes, um, those are some, in the gospel world, those are some pretty big names. So good for, this is me speaking, but good for Chris Gunther for getting those guys. Those are big acts in the, in the gospel music world. Um, now back to the article. This year's Stiller Awards will be hosted by American gospel musician Kirk Franklin, which he, um, um, Gunther um, has, has interviewed before. So they know each other. So that's pretty cool. He's got a friend in Kirk Franklin. Although Gunther has graduated and moved on from Rookery, he'll be interviewing artists on the red carpet and airing it live on Rookery Radio Saturday and Sunday for a special edition of his show. So that's pretty cool. Here's a quote from Gunther. I think I'm the first kid in Youngstown to get invited to something like this. From someone who was told that they would drop out of high school to graduating college and being invited to cover the Stellar Wars is amazing, says, said Chris Gunther. Of course, you can turn into his coverage by logging into rookeryradio.com or download the TuneIn Radio app and type in Rookery Radio in the search box. So I hope that goes well for you, um, Chris Gunther. That is really cool that you're doing that. Um, of course, he's a fellow um, college radio DJ in the state of Ohio. So I found it was cool that I was able to look some of that up. And you know what? Chris Gunther, not only do you have a good time at the Stiller Awards, you're making your dream come true, but you're something else. You've done something else, Chris Gunther. You won an award. You won an award. It's not really an award, but just a really cool shout-out. But you, Chris Gunther, for this episode, you are O-M-V-P. And that stands for Ohio's Most Valuable Pedestrian. Give it up to Chris Gunther. You are amazing. So there you go. An alumnus of Rookery Radio, but he's going to do a special show for them to cover this award show that he's going to be on. So there's that.
back live in the studio for Ohio's on Fire. Um, before I get to the final message of the night, I have a bunch of notes to get through. Um, next, I'll be on again live next Wednesday night. And um, now tonight's episode was the 99th produced episode of Ohio's on Fire here at this radio station. Next Wednesday night will be the 100th. Now it'll be the 166th episode of Ohio's on Fire overall because I did episodes on other platforms. Uh, but next, Wednesday night, will be the 100th WWSU show of Ohio's on Fire. So it's now time for the final message. And I want to talk about Stephen Hawking. He died on March 14, 2018. Hawking had a rare early onset slow progressing form of motor um, neuron disease, also known as amphitopic lateral successoris, or Lou Gehrig's disease, ALS that gradually paralyzed him over the decades. Even after the loss of his speech, he was still able to communicate through a speech generating device, literally through use of a handheld switch, and eventually by using a single cheek muscle, he died on March 18, March 14, 2018, at the age of 76. So that's the article on that. Here are my thoughts. Um, definitely a big icon. He was a big icon in the world of college, because he did uh, make his living um, touring colleges, doing speeches. He normally went to big colleges. I do not know if he ever went to Wright State University to do a speech. I do not know that for a fact. I know he went to Ohio State to do a speech in throughout England and throughout the world. I mean, this guy was um, a true icon in the world of college. He is sorely missed. He had a lot of um, his um, studies. We're very thorough. Um, like I said, those words I was reading, I had trouble reading these words. He was a really smart man, one of the smartest men alive, one of the smartest men to ever exist, pretty much. Um, he was up there with, um, yes, a lot of those, yeah, a lot of the, yeah, Albert, yeah, Albert Einstein. Albert Einstein was considered one of the smartest people ever. This guy was up there with him. Incredibly smart. Um, um, his alma, yeah, he went to the University of Oxford where he got a BA, then he went to the University of Cambridge where he got an MA and a PhD. Um, and he created a lot of theories that was named, that wanted to be named after him because he would create these theories in sometimes, some of these are scientific facts. But you got the Hawking radiation, a brief history of time, and you got the Penrose, which is a Hawking theorism, and then you got the Beaconstein, which is the which is a Hawking formula in science. Then you got um, Gibbons. Um, you got the Hawking effect, the Hawking space, Hawking in York boundary term. So Gibbons was something that created that term was created by Hawking. And of course, he was um, married two times. He was married to Jane Wilde, and then he got divorced. And he got married to Elaine Mason. And this guy, um, considering the disease that he had, he kind of cured himself, and he gave himself a long life with science and medicine. As if anyone had ever saw him, he was barely able to talk. He was able to talk when he was younger, obviously, but he was always in a wheelchair. So he dealt with a disability his entire life. But he was so incredible that you often look past those disabilities. Um, he was someone that wanted to discover what life was all about. He wanted to discover the human condition, and he wanted to know a way for people to 
better communicate with each other because he was big on communication as well. And I do feel like sometimes communication is a problem in our American culture. Um, that is an issue. And he didn't want that. He wanted um, all. He wanted everyone to have the, live the best life possible. This guy won many awards as well. Um, he won the. Um, I'll tell you about the ones he's won since 1999. He won the Naylor Prize and Lectureship Award in '99. He won the Lillenfield Prize. He won the Albert Medal Prize. He won the Coplay Medal. He won the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2009. He was awarded by Barack Obama. Then he won the Breakthrough Prize in Fundamental Physics in 2012. Then he won the BB. The one last award he ever won was the BBVA Foundation Frontiers of Knowledge Award in 2015. Like I don't think there was a scientific award or educational award that he did win, from the looks of it. He was the best. Um, and he not only did he teach others, he helped teach future scientists and future great professors as well. Um, such as Bruce Allen, Raphael Basso, Brennan Carr, and Faye Docker, just to name a few, because he taught many. A lot of those guys would go on to have great success being professors at colleges spread throughout the world. Now, my last thoughts on him. Um, he had, I guess, those that opposed him, he did have controversial theories. He did not believe in a god. He was not religious whatsoever. And he said that there was actually scientific proof that there wasn't a god. So that's the big controversy around him, because um, with science, it can be fact, it can also be theories, that's why they're called theories, because sometimes it can be hard to find in fact. Um, that's what he believed, um, but I don't believe he was an evil person at all. He definitely wasn't a Satanist or some cult leader. He was just a guy who was really smart, and um, he, he just questioned what was around us. He did seem like a really good guy, from what I've heard, a very loving guy. Um, someone he played um, the cards that was dealt to him in life, and he played them very, very well. Um, so the the um, colleges everywhere should honor this guy, regardless if you believe everything that he says or if you disagree with it. I mean, it is opinion based. A lot of a lot of these studies are opinion based, and they can be proven wrong. All studies can be proven wrong over time. That's the thing that he preached himself. Like it's just his opinion. It was just his studies. Uh, prove him wrong. He challenged people to prove him wrong. Um, so here's a Stephen Hawking. I believe he is in a spiritually, like since he didn't believe in God, I believe he um with I I believe people are based on spirits. I do believe he's at a place of peace. It's something that he would want to go to because he had his own personal preferences. I do believe people will go to where they believe they want to go. And it's something that we can never comprehend. Like, we can try all we want to, um, to understand what happens in the afterlife. We can always try, but I think we'll never fully understand what is going on out there. And Stephen Hawking couldn't understand it either, but he had his theories. And um, I believe he is at peace, and his family and his friends, they are at peace with what happened to him. He lived the life he wanted to live. So here's to Stephen Hawking. A college salute to you, sir. Um, wherever you're at, hopefully you're learning. You're doing what you always did. You're learning what it's all about. And there you go. That's my, those are my thoughts on Stephen Hawking. So until next Wednesday night, I got my 100th WWSU show ever. It'll be a big special night for me. 
Until next Wednesday night, Dane Ohio, UMBC, Michael Jesse, that's the way it is.